Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You need to know enough about property to question whatever's happening in that deal to be the devil's advocate because it's your money or your borrowing is on the line. So yes, you need to educate yourself. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue our discussion with life business and property coach Jill McIntyre. Following on from our previous episode, we delve further into motivation, interesting characters she's come across in her career and what she and her youngest family members have learned from each other. McIntyre describes another big property stopper the one of not having enough time. Well, we can all tell ourselves we've got no time, but we've all got the same 24 hours in a day. So how come it works for some and not for others? So if you've got no time, and it could be very legitimate, you might have a um, busy household of young children um, that are all preschool age, that it's pretty full on at home, but you might have a pretty full on job as well. And you're, you're wanting to branch out and get into property more and advance and do that more. I would suggest it is very, very important that you identify your strengths rather than I haven't got any time because you, the more you identify I haven't got any time, all you're doing is reinforcing the thought within your own thinking that you haven't got any time. And even if there was part of you that didn't want to believe it, soon you'd be believing it full heart, you know, 100% full on. So go back and identify your strengths. What can you contribute to a deal? Now, it might be that you've got some money. It might be that you've got some money in your self-managed super fund, for example, and you purely would be uh, a money partner. You could be a percentage in the deal or mezzanine finance. And so you could be the money bags in the, in the deal. But at the same time, it is important to everyone, if you are giving money into a deal, you need to be able to read a feasibility. You need to know a, enough about property to question whatever's happening in that deal to be the devil's advocate because it's your money or your borrowing is on the line. So yes, you need to educate yourself. So if you've got no time and you're going on the train or you're driving in the car, listen to Tyron's podcast and think about educating yourself on the people that you interview that are so varied, Tyron, on all of the different aspects of property. 
Now, the more that you do this, and when you've finished and you get to work or you've got three minutes, just record on your phone what were the top five things that you got out of that interview. Because, again, you might have enjoyed that interview and got those top five things, but by the end of the day, and it's been a busy one, that interview this morning and those top five things has totally gone out of your mind, never to return. So if you don't jot those down or you don't make a note or record them, then make an appointment with yourself to go back at some point before you, you know, close your eyes that night or the next day to make a note of them, you'll miss them. So it's very, very important to identify what you can contribute to a deal. You might have time to do research, but you might be very, very visionary and very good on checking feasibilities. And so that could be, I'm good at checking feasibilities, this is what I'll do, because you've had some experience in numbers. You might be an accountant and you might be a good um, number cruncher, but also you're very good and very quick at finding solutions to the numbers and how it could work differently or uh, how to set up a company trust situation that would help the team overall. So identify what your strengths are. It could be that you are a um, handy or a tradie, that you could get into a deal that could be with sweat equity and you mightn't have a lot of time, but at the same stage, you might in a week's holiday that you could have have a good 10 or 15% or 20% input into a deal because you've done sweat equity and done all of the reno of the main structural work of putting a new kitchen in or reconstructed a kitchen or a bathroom in a cosmetic renovation and you've done it all in a week. And leave the painting to everyone else, but you've got a good foot in the door from your input of doing it where normally you would think, I haven't got the time but make the time to work on where your strength is. Maximise it, monetise it. Have you had a client who's got an example of saying these things? I'm pretty sure every client probably comes back and says that's the reason why they seek out for coaching and mentoring as well too through you, Jill. But um, what can you think of a maybe an example of most recent client that sort of talked about this and how, how have they been able to change that mindset? If they feel they haven't got any money. About time. Yes, at that time, if they feel they haven't got any money or time. It, it's very much about, you know, if you haven't got any time, another another way um, you could think about, okay, the household wakes early in the morning um, and if I got up 20 minutes earlier before the household work, woke, what could I achieve in 20 minutes or 15 minutes every morning? Now, some people might say, oh, I get up at 6 o'clock anyway. But if you got up at half past five and had 20 minutes or half an hour every morning, even three mornings a week, you could make time. Now, the other thing that you've got to remember is to give gratitude for what you've done in that time. Don't be looking at the negative of, well, I haven't really achieved much this week. Look at what you have achieved and the pluses and say, well done because it'll be more than what you would have done if you had have done nothing. So start to think about how you're going to make time. Um, it, it's funny uh, when I was talking um, to 
uh, a client that's going to do another taste test for, tester with me in a couple of days. And instantly he said, I get up every morning and for an hour and a half the television's on and I'm floating around and I've got young children, lots is happening. He said, I could put a lot of that 90 minutes to better use. And it's when we start to think like that, wow, 90 minutes every morning that he feels that he's wasting, that he can put to better use, even if he used a quarter of it. What a difference his week week could make. Absolutely. I was flabbergasted of 90 minutes every morning. And we can all do that. But yes, the kids need doing and lunches need making and all of this. But set your plan in place. Nothing's going to happen if you can't set a plan in place on paper and then work out how you're going to commit to it and follow through and accountability. It's always like that, isn't it? (laughs) It is hard, but what's your desired outcome? If if you were saying to me you didn't have time and couldn't fit it in, and I'd be saying, okay, now let's get your bigger game plan going here. What do you want to achieve in the next six months? Now, in all of the time that you and I have been together and I've been coaching with you and and we've been having discussions, I don't say, Tyron, let's look at your five-year plan because I think what we need to do, people do their five-year plan, 10-year plan, but let's face it, if you haven't got your next month plan, three-month plan, six-month plan, nine-month plan, 12-month plan, if you haven't got that in place, How are you going to get to three and five years? Build your firm foundation now. Build your habits now that work for you. And then your three to five years, as time's gone on, you and I are talking about longer plan things, what you're going to be doing, when to buy, other other growth within your business, Tyrone, as well. Because you've got your firm foundation in place, and it's working, but it's working because you've set it and made it happen because the fire in your belly is motivating you to move on and achieve. Would I be right there or wrong there? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the key thing is that um, you've got to have that fire in your belly, you know. Otherwise, if it's not going to be – if you're not passionate about something that you're doing there, there's no point doing it and it'll just be basically a chore or mundane and, and you just wouldn't get up. There's no motivation. Absolutely. You wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, you wouldn't. But the funny thing is we've all got fire in our belly, but for a lot of people, it's it, the flame's gone out. So the next thing would be your. if I look at any one of my clients and they're achieving absolutely fabulous things along the way without doubt, really grow things, establishing businesses around property, buying property, obviously, bringing in joint venture partnering, identifying their strengths in what they're doing in their specific business and then maximising and doing streams of income that are growing from them. Matt Jones is a typical example of this where all of those years ago, starting with Matt just in his first buy, reno, subdivide, no, it was a buy, reno, sell deal and he had about six of his meetup group. And it was the fire in Matt's belly, it's the fire in all of the, the clients that I work with that needs to be ignited, that needs to be stoked, that needs to be continually um, added to. 
and it, it's the best um, pill you could ever have, and it's free. Coming up after the break, we get into what another big property stopper is. But also to go deeper than that, they need to identify what their strengths are because they've been so consumed in the negative things and the negative outcomes rather than the, the solution side of things. McIntyre discusses one of her more unconventional clients and what works for them. And I've got different clients. Another one in Queensland is very much growing his business uh, around property. Yes, they're all around property, of course. But my guy in Canberra, he sublets and he's just doing amazingly. But he's now got a team with um, removalists, with even um, the energy companies like electricity. We talk about how your thinking can determine your success. And we need that. We need to have a business thinking in property. We need to think like a business. And this is if you've got no time, you've got no investors, think like a business. And that's coming up next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey property investor, is your cash or equity currently earning you 1 to 2% per annum sitting in the bank? What if I said to you that you can do better? To find out more, simply register your interest to become a money partner at propertyinvestory.com. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest to get a high return with low risk on their money for 6 months. Register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. McIntyre discloses another one of her property stoppers she often sees in her clients. Well, not knowing your strengths, I think, would be the biggest one. And um, it, it was funny with part of, um, I've been talking to another um, couple this week and they've just come on board as new clients and it's in identifying they've been so totally consumed in what's not been working for them rather than what has been working for them. But also to go deeper than that, they need to identify what their strengths are because they've been so consumed in the negative things and the negative outcomes rather than the the solution side of things, but they haven't been focusing on what they're good at. What we're good at comes so easily uh, to us. And it's even strange this morning, I've had my uh, seven-year-old granddaughter here and I picked her up and took her to school and and I was talking about her strengths and weaknesses. And I said to her, what would be Grandy's strengths and weaknesses? Because she's having um, trouble uh, being autistic with a couple of areas with reading and things like that at school. So honing in on her strengths and weaknesses, but first for her to identify my strengths and weaknesses. And she said to me, but you can't hear. And I said, yes, 
that's my weakness, but my strength is that you can hear for me. And trying to even educate her at seven years of age to flip her thinking about what doesn't work and the frustration that she gets out of not being able to read and do things to work on how we can turn it into a fun situation rather than a heavy-duty situation. So we need to identify, first of all, the things that we are good at. And we need to maximise and monetize them and stop spending time on the things that are our shortfalls, the things that we aren't good at. Because my betting is that the things that we aren't good at, 99% of people who would be listening would be spending four times as much time on the things they're not good at rather than honing in and taking for granted the things that should be their strengths and maximising them. So flipping our thinking is very, very important into an I can mode rather than a negative mode. Flipping our thinking into our strengths. And you've heard me say before, Tara, and there's a marketing guy in Perth, Mal Emery, and he said many years ago, I'm only good at 5% of what I do. The other five percent, the other ninety-five percent, I leave to other people that are better suited to a task than what I am. And this was for me when I heard that all those years ago. It was like getting the bricks off my back, thinking, "Oh, I've got to cover every every aspect of whatever I do." Like property, for example, I don't know enough prop about property when I'm starting off, and I've got to cover every angle. If I stop and think, "What are my strengths in property?" And bring it in with and work with people who are better suited to some of the tasks than I am. It, it, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because the thing is, is by the time you learn everything, and, and this is what I've been thinking through as an example, in terms of say, uh, I'm, I'm looking for actually a specific type of person for my business to help me with say marketing, and. Um, previously, I had an assistant that was helping me but I was thinking by the time I train her all up and provide all the training and experience and all that, it'll be at least 12 to 18 months before she can get up to speed whereas if I find someone which I can easily find within a month or something like that who has the experience, has been doing it and he's looking for a, a role or a job to come into my business to help with the marketing side of things. That would save me so much more time and it's no different in terms of property you know if whatever skill sets that you may not initially now have you may have skill sets for communicating with people you know i'm pretty sure most people can talk with people you may have lots of good relationships with people who might have some form some might have some money like investors that's already a strong skill set i'm pretty sure most people do but in terms of the details about the property you can bring someone in who has done developments who has done subdivisions with those kind of skill sets and tie back in together and there's no reason why you can't do that. It's just you know, mindset thinking it can't because even before I started working with you, Jill, I had all these roadblocks. I had all these stoppers. I was thinking, I don't have enough money to do it. <laughs> Guess what? Three, four years later after working with you so closely, <laughs> I put in quite a number of deals without having to have my own money invested in it and, and had investors supporting and helping and they've made money as well. Yeah, it's happening. So, you know, I, I had a lot of these stoppers from me and, you know, breaking through them, changing the way I think and, and looking in a different way, I've been able to actually achieve what I wanted to initially achieve anyway when I first started with you. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a, a living example <laughs> to be honest. Well, you know, you've just brought to mind, I've worked for the last couple of years with a, a, a just a beautiful man in Canberra and... Um, 
he sublets properties and he is absolutely um, the epitome of success in how he gets the right people to work with. He is very unassuming. He seems to be able to ask the right questions. And this is a big one, um, Tyron. We don't ask the right question because quite often we don't know what questions to ask. And say with you, if it's going to take you 18 months to train someone up, you need to be also bringing this into a business plan that you're doing and documenting it. Because if that person left you, all of that could be where you could do audio or some sort of footprints that the next person can automatically do it, that you don't have to physically go through step by step by step and try and train them again. We need to be thinking like a business and putting it down that everything is systemized with what we're doing. And I've got different clients. Another one in Queensland is very much growing his business uh, around property. Yes, they're all around property, of course. But my guy in Canberra, he sublets and he is just doing amazingly. But he's now got a team with um, removalists, with even um, the energy companies like electricity. He's got good deals happening there. He seems to get deals he's even got someone cooking at home for an absolute song and he's got a guy who does all of the project reports we've set up um, with a business thinking about how to refine and systemize his business but still the one important point that he does all the way along is he interviews any potential client per room and then he gets the feel of whether they're right or wrong. 99.9% he's never off the mark there, but the rest of his business is systemising and handballing it because he's learnt the hard way about asking questions and following through with those questions and systemising it. And we need that. We need to have a business thinking in property. We need to think like a business. And this is if you've got no time, you've got no investors. Think like a business. If that's the problem, what's the solution? And then follow through on it. You know, I know we're probably running out of time, but if I could go back to when I first started life coaching, um, I would set my task, a task every day from Monday to Friday, where I had to go and try another avenue out that day to bring on a client. It might might have been handing out flyers, going to health food shops, um, going to meet-up groups, going to ring people that I hadn't spoken to for ages. Every day, for quite a considerable time, five days a week, I wasn't allowed to put my head on the pillow at night till I'd got out of my comfort zone and I'd done something that was a bit different to what I'd done the day before and the day before that in a way of getting clients all of those years ago. And so, yep, we've got to get out of the comfort zone. We've got to get, we're, yes, we're vulnerable, but we will live through it. And we will see the sun come up tomorrow and have Bricky at the same place, probably, and the same time and probably the same Bricky. So we've got to get over it. We're, we're creatures of habit, you know, and, and when we actually jump out of something that isn't normal or what we like to do normally, 
you know, it's a it's a bit of a push. But once you change that habit and you actually see that you are doing it, it it, it becomes very much part of you. And I'll give you another example. Like initially, I hadn't done podcasts for a while, and then you know, getting back into it was really really hard. And if I didn't keep up the consistent effort, I don't know if this podcast would still exist today. It, it's all about setting those habits. And as you said, if you just uh, block out say five days a week or whatever it is the, the specific time that you're going to spend to work on your business or your property then it will happen and you just got to dedicate that and that that's what i've noticed you know once i make that change everything falls into place it's funny matt jones for example um is a good example again and obviously i'm i still work all of these years later 14 years later or something with matt very closely every monday if i go back to when we started coaching and for years, I don't know whether he does it now, every Sunday night he'd have an appointment with himself. <clears throat> every Sunday night he would sit and just go over and review what he had in the week ahead of him so that he knew absolutely everything was happening. And then he would, in that Sunday night, review what happened in the last seven days and go back and what do I need to follow up on? What haven't I done? What could have been done differently? What's the flow on from that one? So it was just purely having a meeting with himself. You don't always need someone else by your side to be having a meeting. But it was a structured meeting that he would have every Sunday night without fail. And it's important. And I do this with myself. Even this morning I had my journal out. And at times I would sit down and I'll do a mind map or a growth map about where I'm going, and it's just me. But it, it gets me, my creative juices working also, but it gets me out of my comfort zone. But it's written down on paper, so it's absolutely there, and it's in black and white, and there's no grey areas. And then the action plan and the strategies come in after that to make it happen. Wow. I love that. It's a great reflection. If you do that every week, you can start to see growth. And when you start to see that growth, the momentum keeps building and building. That's great. And also then turn around on a regular basis and don't shoot yourself in the foot. If you feel that you haven't done something, give yourself a pat on the back and say congratulations and well done. Awesome. Thanks again to our guest on this episode of Property Investory, Jill McIntyre. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk, high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short six months. To register interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.